Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. December 12, 2020. Guadalupe. Order of the Dragon. A heist. Cheating in sports. Tax evasion. And Advent. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Well, hello. And good day. How are you? Welcome and goodbye. What? That was fast. It was. It was a good episode. High fives all around. We did say one... It's time for the after party. One episode per day during Advent, but we didn't promise anything True. And it is getting exhausting at my age to have an after party every day. I'd <laughs> like to tone that down if we can. Okay. All right. We can do that. All these late nights. Mm -hmm. I think I was up until 9.30 last night. No, mm, well, I was asleep before that. Yes, you were. Well, today's December 12th. Happy Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And to you, sir, the same. I wish you a happy feast okay. of this day. Thank you. I was confused. <laughs> I thought you were trying to establish it as a feast day for me also. It's like, no, not yet. Um, there's, there's a lot that'll have to happen before that could ever be a thing. Well, as previously mentioned, you do have a devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. I do. Also to St. Nicholas. And if by some chance the church ever declares me a saint... I would actually prefer, I guess I ought to write this somewhere, just in case, I would actually prefer to be affiliated with December 6th if I have a choice in my unification with St. Nicholas, and not because I like him more, but because I'm not worthy. Mm. That was a lot. Well, it's still a feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Though. It is. And we talked about some of this the other day as we discussed Our Lady of Loretto, um, these many differing devotions uh, that are available to us to have uh, through differing presentations of our Blessed Mother. That's right. And others, but today's about her, so we'll stay there. Uh, many of these for her actually come from apparitions. And if 
you're not Catholic, or if you're not a good Catholic, you may be getting the willies thinking about apparitions. <laughs> hey, it's a real damn thing. Just relax, okay? Just unbunch the, the pantaloons and relax. It's a real thing. Um, there's there's a lot of information out there about that. If any of us would bother to look, I never had mm-hmm. until we became Catholic. I would have been the skeptic. Oh yes, by for sure. Yeah, and but no, it's it's actually a thing. Can I say a thing? Yeah. This isn't something I like to talk about, but you do take delight in the fact that I had in my heart decided that after you died, even if it, I was still alive and I was like 85 years old, yep. that I would convert to Catholicism. Just, yep, literally had a stopwatch running in a safety <laughs> deposit box waiting. Yeah, I'm not sure why that requires a stopwatch, but it felt right to say it. So go with it. Well, Just go with it. Here's the thing. The, the stuff like this, mm-hmm. Marian apparitions, this is one of the many pieces of evidence in my mind before we'd ever talked about it in our whole entire lives. But in my mind, I was like, Kyle would never be on board with something like this. So I will just yeah. have to be Catholic on my own as a grieving widow. What I can say now, and I don't know if I could have said, I think I could have said this before, but not with the same degree of comprehension. Mm-hmm. And I think most people, if they're honest, they can at least cling to the the soft edge of this is to say that there are things that go on spiritually in our world that are not completely explainable by physical stuff, sciences, and whatnot. And that doesn't mean I think that Ghost Hunters is real, all of that, but it doesn't mean I don't either. It means there are things that go on that we cannot explain. To me, to me, if you say, as part of my religious faith, I believe that a man was fully God and fully man, mm-hmm. born of a virgin, and also uh, after he was crucified, rose again on the third day, walked among the people for 40 days, ascended into heaven in front of everybody. Like to me, that like opens the floodgates of what all you could possibly believe. Yes. And I would like to point out that if that is a thing you believe, and if you're a Christian, that's what you believe. Yes. Which is half the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you can believe that, then likely you also believe the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks very explicitly about the divination of spirits and different practices that went on. And and I'm not advocating that you do that because the Bible actually advocates to the antithesis of that. The Bible is a big no on that, but it's it's in there. But it's saying, yeah, it's a real thing. And so there's, there's some things with this this transitional between the spiritual and physical world that is more real than what we may be comfortable embracing in the moment. And that's certainly the case here. Yes. As I will tell part of this story. It's a good old story. Correctly. And a true Um, story. It is a true story. There's no question about that. So in the year 1531, beginning on December 9th, Our Lady appeared five times. Mm -hmm. It was in and on and around, rather, Tepeyac Hill, which is now part of a suburb of Mexico City. Mm -hmm. So culturally speaking, things were a shit mess. Well, that's one way to say it. It's accurate. There are times where that is the accurate definition. This is one of them. That's fair. The Aztec Empire, which was a viciously evil human sacrifice, really nasty thing, Mm -hmm. had just recently been defeated by Cortez. 
um, Cortez and the Spanish then not not the best of behaviors sure. in the aftermath. That's fair. Um, oppression of the poor by both groups. The remaining, because you never fully wipe out the previously existing hierarchy. Yeah. But now you also have a new hierarchy. Everybody's busy trying to hang on to their archy. Can I just, can I say, is it fair to say the Spanish did not come to Mexico to free the poor from their oppression? No, they they came in search of loot, but I feel like it's a it's a travesty to look at it from that perspective only because they also came. They were deeply, deeply religious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, but they weren't like on a mission. They weren't like on a humanitarian mission. They didn't know that they'd find people. That's true. That's a fair point too. Okay. They they just knew of lands and things and got there, and then yes. they were committed to finding the wealth mm-hmm. and all of that, but. Than people, but surely in their mind, eh, it's not worth going that direction. Okay. Just, let's just stick with where we are, are at for now. The poor still oppressed. The poor are the still oppressed. Yes. And in a significant way. Um, so basically, whether you'd been a minion of the Aztec Empire and Quetzalcoatl and all the fancy words that I'm, I'm impressed I could even, that just, I think I went into a fugue state and you I repeated didn't even that have word. That in your notes. It's not in my it notes. It's from mouth. my memory of studies. It's from um, your Enneagram 5 brain. Yes. Yes, that's accurate. Excuse me. One moment. I got a little choked up there. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So, he Juan Diego and his family were Definitely victims of this oppression. Yes. At Our Lady's first appearance to Juan Diego, that's why I bring his name up, she just told him, I, I would like a church to be built on this site in my honor. A lot of details. A lot of details. I'm not going to go into them. You need to read this. You need to dig into this. There are books. I would guess there's got to be podcasts. There's all kinds yeah, of stuff. I uh, I also am having to hold my tongue because there's just like a there's lot so of much. Marian stuff. This could be a mini series. It could. Yeah. So, but we've we've worn you guys out with yeah. that. So we'll just keep telling the story. So Juan Diego goes then at her instruction that that's what she wants, and he knows who she is. She's told him I'm I am. The mother of Jesus. Yes. And they were familiar because the Spanish brought yeah. Catholicism. Yep. He goes to Archbishop Zumaraga. And that may be the last time I say his name. I said it quickly so that if I mispronounced it, people wouldn't catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but imagine, if you will, you being the Archbishop of a major area. That's a kind of a big thing. Yes. It's like a, a regional president. Yeah, you could say that. Of things. Um, and here comes low class whoever telling you a pretty fantastical story. Well, of course he didn't believe him. Of course. So he, he kind of, he, he doesn't handle him harshly though, but he sends him on his way. And so there's some back and forth. Juan Diego goes back, Blessed Mother visits again, says, hey, try again. Yeah. There's some, some try agains going on. There's back some other and forth. stuff happening. Juan mm-hmm. Diego has a sick uncle. Yeah, like, there's, there's a, a lot of, there's a whole lot drama. going on. Yes. Um, so ultimately then the archbishop says, hey, I won't just tell you to your face that I think you're a lunatic, 
but I need a sign. Mm -hmm. I need a sign. Confident that there wouldn't be a sign that this would be the resolution to everything. Well, lo and behold. Lo and behold. Juan Diego goes back. Our Lady instructs him to go to a very specific place, Tepiac Hill, to pick some red Castilian roses, which is a Spanish style of rose. One, it would not have grown in that climate. Two, it's December. There would be nothing blooming. That's right. In December. Even in Mexico. In that part of Mexico. Yes. Just not, not going to happen. But sure enough, they're there. He picks them. She helps him kind of loosely pack them into his tilma. And a tilma is like a, it's a overcoat. It's made of, of the very woven uh, coarse fibers of cactus, I believe, or a form of cactus. And so it's, it's, it's more or less like burlap. Yeah. Maybe rougher even still. Mm -hmm. But the, the construct of it was is that you'd have edges that could fold over as well as a bottom that you could pull up, and they were designed for carrying things. Mm -hmm. And so she helps him get him get the, the roses packed in there, and he goes on his merry way to go find the archbishop, That's gets right. in front of him, and as he unfolds the tilma, the roses spilling to the floor, the fabric of the tilma itself on that was an image of the Virgin of Guadalupe, exactly as she had appeared to him on Tepeyac Hill. Yes. And so it, it was at that moment that everybody was like, I'm not even wearing pants, but if somebody could loan me a pair, I'd like to poop them. It's, this is a big deal. Yes. Hey, you know what is a huge deal? And this is true. Did you want me to guess, or is that a rhetorical? It's rhetorical. Okay. Across the board in the Marian apparitions, Mary appears to the people in a, how can I say this, in an, in, not incarnation, because she's not bodily, but she appears to them in a visage that they can accept. Yes. And so as the Virgin of Guadalupe, the Our Lady of Guadalupe, she appears as a, I mean, I don't, I can't remember the specific indigenous tribe of Mexico. Natatuatl something, that was the language or something, something, yes. I've probably mispronounced it, not Nahuatl, something like that. But rather than looking like... Nahuatl? I don't know. Rather, I'm, I'm still stuck. My mind is on loop. I can't stop. Shut me up. Cram an apple in my mouth. I'm trying to say, rather than looking like a what you might consider a traditional um, Jewish girl from the area that we know now as Palestine... Or an Anglo person. Yeah, exactly. She looks like the image of her face on his tilmen, which you can still see to this day. All these hundreds oh, of years don't, later. Don't so, ruin it yet. Anyway, she looks like the people to whom she appeared. And this is across the board in her yes. apparition. And she spoke their language. Yes. And she, even in her attire, mm -hmm. she matched. And, and we mentioned this, we mentioned this, I think, around St. Nicholas, saying so often that the church takes an existing construct. Yes. And rather than destroying it, converts it yes. to Catholicism because the people are used to there. And so there's colors and there's imagery right. in this, this presentation of her that matches what they've been used to yep. in their worship of false deity. Yes. Not... Not that she's pagan, mm -hmm. that saying, look, you guys already have this affinity to this style of presentation. Yeah. We're not against that. We're just against the badness that was affiliated with the other thing. So we're going to ease the transition. Exactly. And that leads into yeah. what you have here. So, so the significance of all of this 
and every other apparition, wherever and however it has occurred, is that it is a it's a speaking to the people specifically yes. there, and yes. that it's a reminder that the Blessed Mother and that the God who sent her, that they love and accept all people. Yes. It is a rebuke to the oppressor. Mm -hmm. It is hope and joy to the oppressed. That's right. And in this instance, it's a it's a beautiful example of how well the messaging works because the Aztec people, formerly Aztec people, they came in droves mm -hmm. and they weren't forced or coerced or whatever. But between 9 and 10 million people in the next, somewhere between 12 and 24 months, converted yes. to, to Catholicism, uh, were baptized, all the things. Yep. It's... Because of Our Lady and her apparition. Yeah. And this may be one of the biggest historical examples of, of mass conversion. Yes. It's pretty dang significant. I mean, it's significantly in... in like irreparably, but irreparably sounds like a bad word, but like it like significantly changed the culture of yes. what we now call Mexico, what is now the country of Mexico, but of this part of the world. All of Central America yes. and South America. Exactly. And so if you know anybody who is Latino, who is Catholic, they probably do have some kind of devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe because this was her in God's tender mercy, God allowed and sent Our Lady to the people in a way they could recognize, yes. in a way they could relate to. As he does. He meets us where we're at. He meets us where we are. And this is a great example of that. I will share just a few details that I didn't put in the notes you alluded to. Um, so recall the tilma is, it's the worst of material ever. Mm -hmm. It's coarse fibers of a cactus woven into a garbage burlap, loose weave, no mechanisms for getting it done. This is done by a indigenous people. Yes. The image exists today in the basilica that yep. is just outside of Mexico City proper. It's pristine. Mm -hmm. There's been no degradation of the the material that it was printed on, which should have, because of the quality or lack thereof, should have disintegrated hundreds of years ago. It is still fully there, fully fine and good. Yep. It should have soot on it from burning candles yes. and things. There's nothing on it. Yep. It there are There's more than one instance where someone tried to blow it up, literally with a man-made bomb wow. in the room. And though everything else in the room was destroyed, the Toma was not damaged, even at all. That gives me chills. That gives me chills. There are a myriad of miracle stories about this and its impact elsewhere, and it even being integral in the reason that Christianity even still exists yes. today. Yep. You should go read this. Yes. That's good stuff. I'm jealous for the people who don't know. You're jealous or you're... I'm jealous for them because they don't know, but they're if they go and look and they okay. discover. Okay. I'm jealous for you to have that moment of discovery mm -hmm. because it is, it's pretty profound. So normally, in normal times, which we don't live in, this time of year, the dedication to her in Mexico and 
the basilica that was the church that she'd asked for got built. There's a full-on basilica, and that's like a major, major church thing to her there. Um, normally, this time of year, there would be people making pilgrimage yes. on foot. Yes. And that's even an exaggeration because on foot, I just simply meant is not in a vehicle. There are many people that would literally crawl 10, 20, 50, 100 plus miles to that that depth of a respect to get to the Basilica to celebrate Mass on this feast day. Yes, but we can't. We can't. They can't. No Normally can't. they would. They can't. Yes. Um, if you are a good Catholic, a faithful Catholic, you probably already know this. If you're a mediocre Catholic, we'll let it slide. If you're a bad Catholic, get your act together. <laughs> Pope Francis has granted the possibility of obtaining a plenary indulgence. We're not going to explain all that. Yes. Today, as you listen to this, and without leaving your home, it is around her because it's a major thing. Mm -hmm. If you will go to vaticannews.va, you'll and do a little search there for Guadalupe. It should show up pretty quickly. You'll see the details on how, and it's not even that you're just restricted to today to get this accomplished and done. You still have access. It's a very lenient granting. It's a, it's a tremendous grace extended in this time of mayhem. Yes. Um, so yeah, check that out. That's a thing. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray, pray for, for us. us. Okay, that was good stuff. All yes. right. There's a lot today. If you were just thinking this was going to be a, a shorty, this is going to be a lot of stuff because is, that took a lot of time and there's a lot more. It's going to be a longie. Mm -hmm. 1408. All right. This is even before Our Lady's appearance. It's true. At uh, Guadalupe. Uh, 1408. Emperor Sigismund? Sigismund. I think Sigismund. you got to get a ooh in there. Sigismund. He was the king at the time. And he became Holy Roman Emperor later. Okay. This is in warring nomadic tribe Europe. Yes. Where the Germans, in fact, were the conquerors of all. Freaking Germans, man. You can't stop them between the sausage and the fighting. <laughs> and the beer. And the beer. Well, the Emperor Sigismund and his wife, Queen Barbara, mm -hmm. they create the Order of the Dragon. Order of the Dragon. I don't hate that. I kind of like it. It feels pretty ferocious. The symbol for it. I'm going to just continue to throw things that aren't in the notes here because I consumed a lot today. Yeah. I may or may not have completely neglected, not completely, mostly neglected my profession. But you didn't like start a Ponzi scheme. No, no, okay. not yet. I'm just still okay. early stages of planning that. Okay. Um, the symbol for this was, so you know the, I can't remember what it's called. You know the, for the medical field, the snake that's yeah. eating its tail? Yeah. Well, this is a dragon kind of in a, a circular form whose tail is wrapped around its neck. Okay. And then on its back is a red cross of something rather. Okay. There's, there's a whole lot of symbology with what they picked. I believe that because the Order of the Dragon was a monarchical. Yes, that's a big word. Chivalric order fashioned after the military orders of the Crusades. Initiates pledged to defend the cross and fight the enemies. Of Christianity and and protect King Sigismund and Queen Barbara. Okay, it was all tied together. Sure, of course. They were the 
lead representatives of the cause. There was no separation of the church and the state at the time, in 1408. That wasn't until America. Arguably. 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 That's for another day. Yes. Initiates pledged to defend the cross. I already said that. Okay. One of the men receiving the Order of the Dragon from King Sigismund was a Romanian noble named Vlad Dracul. And Dracul was a derivative of the order. The Dracul part was nicknamed because of his affiliation with this. Okay. Well, it just so happens that his son became known as Vlad Tepes, translated into Vlad the Impaler. Yes. Though certainly a real and historic person, it is often Vlad the Impaler who is looked to as somehow affiliated with the origin story of the vampires, the vampires. If you don't believe me, go check out a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula. This is this is who began to marry all of uh-huh. true history with his fantastical visions of, hey, I'm I'm not going to vote against the fact that it happened. I I wonder. I wonder, because if you look into Christian antiquity, part of the uh, persecution that existed in Rome before Constantine the Great was accusation that Christians drank blood and sacrifice and all the things. And so I feel like there's some connection here because the order was created around Christianity. And while, while the statement is that these it was created in the model of the crusades and protecting the cross and all of that. Well, the common enemy fought and all of that is the Ottoman empire, the Turks, the Muslims. Yeah. So it feels right that an accusation would continue or resurface mm. cyclically to say, well, they, they're cannibals. They drink blood. Cannibals. Well, There's a lot going on there, but this was a notable date in 1408 because of that, the formation of the Order of the Dragon. And the vampires. You know what I don't have that I would actually love to have? It's it's The crest of the Order of Dragons? I mean, I didn't know until this very moment that I wanted that, but I love... I, I know it's so dorky and dumb, but I love those t-shirts that say Mother of Dragons. Well, we'll get you I one. I wouldn't hate having one of those. I would inspire you to get that ordered before... I don't want to order before it Before I wake up tomorrow or you're grounded. <laughs> you find it. In 1925, we skipped ahead some centuries. We did. We did. There was a lot of him and hawing that went on in between. Early 1400s, early medieval period to 1925. Yeah. The first motel opens in the United States. Not hotel. They've no, had hotels before. They've had plenty of hotels. Now we are... Or hostels. Or hostels. Not hostiles. Well, some of them are hostile. The first hmm. motel opens in the U.S. It is the milestone Mo-Tel of San Luis Obispo, California. You've been there. I have. You've I've played, played a football game. Played a football well, game you coached That's there. a whole story. You didn't, yeah, I coached You it. didn't suit up. I didn't suit up. I did equally get my ass kicked. So. <laughs> It is the midpoint stop between San Francisco and L.A. A stay at the uh, Milestone Motel costs $1.25 per night per room. Indeed. I can remember for some reason. I'm I'm not good with long-term memory. I don't have a lot of crisp images and memories of my childhood. But I do remember staying in a motel as a child with my Mm -hmm. family. And, and, And a murder happened? Probably probably just before or after we were there. But I remember my dad explaining that a motel is the kind of 
lodging you stay at where you can just drive up to your room. Yes. You don't have to go through a lobby. You drive up to your room, you go up and you unlock the door and there you go. You're in your room. Right. As opposed to walking down a hallway and motel, the word itself is a conglomeration of motor hotel where you would motor up to your door. A portmanteau, in fact. In fact, smash those words together. Yep. It's a portmanteau. Squeeze them hard enough, they make a new word. And there we are. That's happened to me before. When I was a kid, somebody pinched my nipple real hard and I made new words. <laughs> Why don't you take over on the storytelling then? Okay, well, 1980, we have an auction in London. It's not uncommon, mm -hmm. they happen regularly. Sure. But a notebook containing writings of Leonardo da Vinci was sold for, let's just let's just round things down. Let's call it five million. Five million. That was in 1980. Mm -hmm. In 1994. A mere 14 years later. 14 years later, we go from five million to almost 31 million at auction. Again, this time purchased by Bill Gates. Now, what I would like to point out mm -hmm. is that in both instances, mm -hmm. both purchases that a portion of the proceeds were sent to Vincent van Gogh that he might, in fact, get a new prosthetic ear. And that is now the third time that I'm going back to a poor joke made in a prior episode. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, in 1982... It was awkward. He was already dead. He was already dead. He didn't need the ear. Nope. The ear was long since decayed. The ear was the only whole thing in the... In the sarcophagus. Oh, my goodness. Well, in 1982, between tonight, right now, and tomorrow morning in 1982, the Century Armored Courier building in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Which is New York. New York City, in case you're not familiar. Yes. Well, some people might be. Okay. In the Bronx is robbed of $11 million. The on-duty guard was found handcuffed to the stair rails. Now, ultimately, it was discovered to be an inside job. Even the guard handcuffed yep. to the rails. Guess what? He was in on it. He was in on it. Yep. Uh, you're handcuffed, but you're you're not worse for wear. Modern day modern day movies would indicate you should at least punch him yeah. a handful of times about the head and shoulders. At of least course. the marks didn't happen. Well, if they if they would have. Could have been a different story. I don't know. But only a million of the stolen money. About out of 11 million. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of math with the boys lately. So yeah, I'm you're real quick realizing on those math there's facts. 10 million un yeah. unaccounted for. Only a million was recovered days after the theft. Sentry claimed, claimed to have additionally discovered. Oh, guys, guess what? There was another 250,000 missing. Yeah, that's not, that's not fishy. Not fishy, not a little bit weird at all. There is a lot about this heist, the Century Armored Courier heist, that seems a little iffy, not least of which is the speed with which the FBI and the court system operated. Many of the statements made by each were along the lines of, uh, well, this thing, because we said so, but not that thing, because we said no. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much there. Uh, one of the things I enjoyed most in reading through this, beyond the heist itself, was this extra 250 yeah. that was found missing. It was it was the third of three bags of money mm. uh, that had just been laying around, and that they failed to see was missing. Mm -hmm. um, it belonged to, it had been picked up from, belonged to, had been picked up from a local racetrack. Ah. And as I dug through, uh, I spent a little time digging around. I'd hoped there would be more somebody else sussing through things to help me. Sure. There wasn't. 
but uh, there had been an actual separate lawsuit between okay. the racetrack and Century Armored Courier mm-hmm. because the racetrack was like, now wait just a damn minute. I feel like editorially speaking, it's not uncommon for you to include heist stories in here. I'm not complaining. I love, I love, a, I love, I love a, heist. a heist story. I love a heist too. So I'm not complaining. I just it's notable yes. that these appear I often. Do, they tickle my my mind and so yes. I include them. I would never truly, I would never pursue a heist. Right, right, right. But right. I can't help looking at any one of them completed and either both hand celebrating the things they did well and saying, geez, I've never completed a heist and I would have done that part better. Yes. Yeah. Just in case, because you never know. You never right? do know about these things, I tell you. Also, in 1982, okay. we have the infamous snowplow game. I have no idea what this means even. It's a beautiful story. I'm familiar with it because of my own history in the sports ball field of football. Sure. Okay. I've seen this on many a... Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Documentary, sportsumentary, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Well, in this instance, the New England Patriots were playing the Miami Dolphins. Okay. They were playing in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Which is not a warm place. No, no, and it is December. It is December 12th, after all. After all. Well, the night before the game, heavy rains had absolutely soaked the field, and this field was artificial turf, astroturf, which froze. And so you've got this sheet of Mm, prickly ice. I hate it. Then during the game, and this is pre-existence of a lot of domes and things, right? Sure, yeah. During the game... A snowstorm, and that's a light word. It's a freaking blizzard. Full-on blizzard. That blows Boston blizzard. It was a mess. The emergency ground rule was put into play. Oh. Which ultimately gave officials of the game the ability to periodically call a timeout to permit a ground crew Mm. to come in, use a snow plow on the field so that they could even see the yard markers to determine is it a first down or not. Look, I believe the goodness of God is everywhere, but I have no desire. Yeah. Zero. I have negative desire to live in an environment where that's a reality. Don't want to be there. Yeah. Well, it was snowing so hard that even with that ability present, Mm. that the effect of it was very short-lived. And Mm. so there were a lot of timeouts. Now, anytime a, a... a bunch of people, a group of humanity is participating in an uncommon situation. Okay. You have a high potential for really interesting things occurring and nobody really questioning them in depth in the moment because it's all so new. You're just, 
you're all focused on the goal of completing the game and you, you pay less and less attention as time goes on to things like a snowplow. Mm-hmm. It, it was supposed to be only the officials that called for the snowplow. But again, it's like over and over and over. And as yeah. soon as the official calls, as you can imagine in any public setting, everybody else is mimicking the call. Hey, you, snowplow guy, oh, quit no. smoking your cigarette. Pay attention. Come over here and, and do the thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's a scoreless game because it's just impossible to do anything. Yes. We're in the, the last minutes of the game. And oh. the head coach of the Patriots motions to the snowplow guy, Go get get out there and go, and he's you know he's jarred loose, and he was actually the snowplow guy was uh, was a recently released convict on a work program. They're they're really digging deep here for the talent, right? Look, look, I mean it makes sense to me. Who else are you going to get to drive a snowplow in, the in those conditions? It's yes. true, it's true. They probably paid him pennies, and everyone was happy. In any event, he perks too. He's just like, yeah, somebody's telling me to go. I'm going. And in that moment, no one, including the the officials who may have may have been getting ready to call for the snowplow anyway, nobody thought anything odd about this. Mm-hmm. And it's the final minutes of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything's running hot. Everybody's yeah. just <sighs> excited, and yeah, here he goes across the field. But then, oddly, roughly in the middle of the field where the ball was to be placed, he deviates to the left. What? But then comes back in line and finishes across the field. So everybody, oh. at most, people would have just been like, eh? oh, okay, he's, he's back. He didn't pass out. Everything's okay. Well, the thing is, is that it was nearing fourth down. Mm. And it wasn't realized until even moments after the next play mm-hmm. that the snowplow had, in fact, cleared the spot <gasps> onto which the snapped ball would have been placed for the place kicker to come out and kick a field goal. Son of a gun. Which is exactly what happened. The field goal attempt was good. Yeah. And the Patriots went on to win the game. Those Patriots. I now, don't carry their way. In the short term, yeah, yeah. In the short term aftermath, Don Shula, who's the head coach, notoriously famous head coach of the Dolphins, he was very understandably furious. Yeah. And he called for the league's unfair act clause to be invoked. Um, and ultimately that the outcome of the game be reversed because unfair advantage had been granted to the Patriots. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, the NFL commissioner at the time, Pete Rozelle, he fully agreed that the Patriots had received an unfair advantage. Mm, But mm, mm, mm. he also, and I appreciate the purity of the time where people just spoke the truth, whether you liked it or not, his statement was, hey, no game has ever been reversed and that I'm sure as hell not going to be the one that does it for any reason. Okay. So the game stood as it had happened. Now, the two teams faced each other again in postseason play. Both of them had made the playoffs. Mm. The Dolphins did ultimately extract their revenge. Mm. The following year, snowplows were banned. Yep. The incident is now commemorated with an interactive exhibit at the Patriots' home stadium. The actual tractor that had been used itself and plow hanging from the ceiling. Daggum. Yeah. There's a lot of big feels about all of that for the people in the sports ball world. A lot going on. 
Patriots still seem like they're a big deal. People have a lot of lightning rod feelings around the Patriots. I, I don't care for them. I would be the negative side of the lightning rod. Okay. Well, speaking of negative, 1989. Mm-hmm. Here's a blast from the past for people of a certain age, and I'm talking about at least you and I's age, yeah. mid-40s and older. Both of us, as we reviewed this, were like, we know this name, but we don't remember what it means. Leona Helmsley, mm-hmm. sentenced to prison on this day in 1989. When you brought this name up to me, you know the image that sprang to mind for me. I believe it's in the Lady and the Tramp cartoon. It's some Disney cartoon villain where there's an old lady older. Yeah, whatever, whatever that meant when yeah. we were young. Yeah. Yes, and she's got a mean Face And I could not place anything outside of that except that Leona Helmsley, in my mind, equaled me. Yep, and that's accurate. Well, there's a reason why. Now, she was sentenced to prison not for being mean. That's not against the law yet. Yet. It's close. In our country. She was sentenced to prison for, guess what? Tax Uh, evasion. Does no one watch our show? We warn you of this constantly. Get it together. If you're going to be an evil villain, if you're going to break the law... Just pay your freaking taxes. Pay them. Even if you technically don't owe anything, just send some money to the IRS. It will smooth things over for you for the long run. Yes. So Leona has an interesting story. Her fame began in the early 1960s working in real estate. So that would have been pretty remarkable for a woman rising in the ranks of real estate. Yeah, and she was not just working. She was was kicking butt. She was working it in the real estate business. She married a real estate entrepreneur named Harry Helmsley. He had to divorce his... So I think 30-year wife, I could be wrong, to marry her. These there things There was some real sparks going on. I mean, I don't agree with it, but these things so yeah, People do what they do. Yeah. Together, they built a hotel, not motel, no, 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 hotel and real estate empire. Yes. Now, she was already, some people would be like, oh, she's a gold digger. She was already a multimillionaire. She already had her own cash in her pocketbook. It was, it was the marriage that Helmsley himself, he was... Viciously wealthy, but she took it all to new heights. Well, she was eventually dubbed the Queen of Mean. When yes. you, when we and I were talking about this, I was like, "Oh yes, that sounds so correct." Yeah, she was notorious for disputing payments to contractors and vendors, often only doing so at the order of the courts. It was during one of those lawsuits that someone had brought against her that contractors revealed that at Leona's insistence. Most of the work was illegally billed to the hotels as business expenses. So, you know, it gets a little messy. And when you're wealthy, a lot of times you think, I'll just pay the fine. That's just the price. That's like the play to pay. No, pay to play. Yeah. Pay to play to do what I want to do. Well, except sometimes it just gets a little over the top. Until you run into the Rudy. Mm -hmm. Then U.S. Attorney Rudy Giuliani indicted the Helmsleys and two of their associates on several tax-related charges as well as extortion. Again, they will always get you on those yeah. taxes. Yeah. Taxes, Rudy, RICO, extortion, it's all going to it's gonna happen. Yeah, I have huge respect for him, Rudy Giuliani, yep. even today. At the same time, he didn't break any new ground. He looked back and said, well, this worked for Elliot Ness Hell yeah. and company over the years. That's I'll right. just go after the taxes. It's always the taxes. Look at Willie Nelson. Yeah. I mean, there's a cautionary tale for you right there. 
Anyway, during one of these trials, a key witness was Elizabeth Baum, a former housekeeper who recounted Leona telling her, uh, we don't pay taxes, only the little people take pay taxes. Yes, it was a very damning moment of testimony. Public opinion certainly turned against her if it hadn't been against well, her before. And actually, yes, in the notes, it had said that basically she was such a, Leona was such a bad player that she gave no opportunity to the jury to take her side in any way. Otherwise, mm -hmm. things may have turned out differently. Yep. She was eventually convicted of one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States. Yes. Three counts of tax evasion, three counts of filing false personal tax returns, 16 counts of assisting in the filing of false corporate and partnership tax returns, 10 counts of mail fraud. Yes. They'll get you on that friggin' the mail fraud. Yeah. I mean, if they want to, they will dig up and dig around and find a yes. way you defrauded the mail. Not ultimately convicted on extortion, but yes. it, didn't, it didn't matter. Now, she was sentenced to 16 years in mm -hmm. prison on all of these counts. Eight of the convictions ended up being overturned or dropped, I mean to say. She, she ended up only serving 19 months. Again, this is what wealth yeah, can do for it's you. it's good to have money. Yep. At her death in the year 2007, that was 13 years ago. I know that because we have a child born in 2007. Who was 13? Yeah. yeah, one of the crew around here. Through a will, she attempted to leave. And I want you all to buckle up right now wherever yeah. you are. Grab your seatbelt. Because she attempted to leave $4 billion to be used to benefit dogs. Yes. Yes, dogs in general. Dogs in general. The canine species. Doggos, we like to call them. Yes. 12 million of that was to be earmarked for her own Maltese dog named Trouble. Now, the courts would not allow her to override the family's trust documents, but they were not going to leave Trouble the dog out in the cold. In trouble. In trouble. <laughs> no, Trouble got a cool two million. <clears throat> yep. The courts ultimately decided that that could annually cover, first of all, and most importantly, $100,000 for full-time security for that pup. Because when you're trouble, you need a $100,000 a year security detail. That's right. $8,000 for grooming. All of this per is year. per year. Per, per year. year. Yeah. $1,200 for food. It feels like those two should be flip-flops. Like he should be eating steak or well, something. I don't know. Maybe they found a good retail vendor. Maybe so. I don't know. $60,000 for the dog's guardian. So, Trouble ultimately passed away just a few years later in 2010, probably from a broken Maltese heart. Or from overindulgence on $1,200 worth of food. Probably. Now, Leona's wishes, final wishes in her will, ultimately were to have Trouble interred with her mm -hmm. in the family mausoleum. New York state law stepped in and said, oh, no, ma'am, I do not think so. They prohibit the internment of pets in Hooman Cemetery. That's right. No dogs with the Hoomans. No. You've got to go to the Pet Cemetery, and for that, we'll leave you in the capable and trustworthy hands of Stephen King. Well, Trouble was cremated. I did see that. It did not say whether the cremated remains got to be placed in the mausoleum or not. I don't know. 
There's so many more details. This is just yet another thing you should go read about. I will share one more in that a portion of the estate had been placed, and all of this in trust, of had course. been in perpetuity then to, on an annual basis, because of Leona's hate of dirt, Yes, that the mausoleum was to be annually washed and or power washed to oh. remove yeah. dirt. Okay. How she treated her family... All of that, you should just go look for, like, her family being her surviving grandchildren. Uh, not to mention how she treated, she had one son of her own. How she treated her son who died before her, his widow. There's just a lot. You, you should go check that out. It's entertaining. It's entertaining, and it sort of, like, reinforces our collective repulsion at really rich people like saying like they're awful evil people and they have no goodness in them yeah that's unfair it doesn't unfair. have to be that way no. i'm just saying like when uh, what i'm saying and i'm not saying i agree with that what i'm saying is when these stories come to light mm -hmm. it's like confirmation bias like we think right that exactly we think oh exactly. if you're rich you're an evil cold-hearted person are, and so we yeah. seize upon these stories and again i i said this jokingly but truly this is a story that you and I, again, we're in our mid-40s, would remember. But uh, it's not, uh, this is not an anomaly. Right. No, no. We, we, there's plenty of buttholes around us. Yeah. Of not wealth. For or sure. Or in the middle or all of that. But it, we especially, we're, we're triggered at the high wealth. And so we, it seems that we're eager to grab the story of the ugly version of that. Yeah. Now you have, I think we should do Advent. You want to do Advent first? Yeah. And okay. Then I like to save bad Christmas for the end. And world? Funny. Yes. Okay. So readings, this is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is on the liturgical calendar. It's a, it's not a, like a major feast day. It's not a holy day of obligation, but it, it is should be. significant enough of a feast that it is the readings are persuaded yes. by the feast day here. So do you want me to read? Do you Please, want to read? I can, okay. you can, whatever. I'll read the first reading. So anyway, because it is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the readings are swayed towards a Marian perspective. Yes. This is from Zechariah, chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. Also a prophet. Yes. Sing and rejoice, O daughter Zion. See, I'm coming to dwell among you, says the Lord. Many nations shall join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they shall be his people, and he will dwell among you, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The Lord will possess Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and he will choose. he will again choose Jerusalem. Silence all mankind in the presence of the Lord, for he stirs forth from his holy dwelling. Now, again, obviously, the Zechariah is a prophet who is speaking to God's people. We understand that in the moment. But also, this truth remains true throughout the ages, mm -hmm. that God will come to dwell among us in that many nations, which is difficult maybe for the people of Israel to believe at the time because they are God's chosen people. Like how can many nations come right. to believe and follow God? We are his chosen people. But Zechariah is dually speaking to God's people in this moment in the nation of Israel, but also right. delivering a universal truth. Yeah. Yeah. That is that all of the people, all of humankind can see and recognize God's dwelling amongst them. And again, tying back into so many of the Marian apparitions where Our Lady appears to the people in the likeness of themselves 
so that they can experience God's presence among them in a in the personhood of somebody who looks like them. Yes. And I, I think it's important to grasp that the fulfillment of prophecy isn't the end of something. It's the beginning of something. Yes. And so as you see something fulfilled, it isn't a one and done event. It is from that point forward continual. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of continual, the alternate first reading for this liturgy is from Revelation. It's talking about the Ark of the Covenant being seen in the temple. That's a whole thing. If you would like to spend some time reading about Mary as the Ark of the New Covenant. Yeah, well, read some Jewish history first and appreciate the importance of the Ark. That's right. And then read the subsequent Christian history that identifies her as that ark. And that is exactly how the revelation unfold, unfolds, rather, uh, plural. It's all the unfolding. That one moment, St. John the Apostle is talking about the Ark of the Covenant, which would have really piqued the interest of anybody with a Jewish history. Mm-hmm. And then as they're just themselves like, yes, where is it? He begins to talk about a woman. And they're like, but no, where is it? But that's exactly what it is. The Ark of the New Covenant is the woman. That's right. That's right. There's so much there. Mm-hmm. We can literally do a whole podcast just around that. Mm-hmm. Um, the responsorial song is from the book of Judith, part of the Deuterocanonical Deuter- Deuter- Can- books. I'm not good with words. It's always. a hard word to say. Usually, though, the, the passages from the response are from Psalm, but... On this feast day, it's from Judith, and it is Judith 13 selections from that book. You are the highest honor of our race. Wait. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to see a thing. Okay. I'm sorry. I ruined it. No editing required. Go ahead. (laughs) You are the highest honor of our race. Blessed are you, daughter, by the Most High God, above all women on earth. And blessed be the Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth. Your deed of hope will never be forgotten by those who tell of the might of God. I want to point out a thing. Okay. Uh, that I'm just, I've probably recognized it before, but it, it feels really real in the moment. Yes. Um, it was, again, it was at the Protestant revolt that, books of the Bible that existed as the Bible were removed. Mm -hmm. There's a question often of why did Catholics add books to the Bible? Well, they they didn't actually. It was the subsequent that removed some books that had been there. And here's such a beautiful example, I would think, that would mean something, especially to women and especially in the culture that we exist. Why why would you want that removed? I don't want it removed. Here's a very specific example of of celebrating and pointing to the the role and importance Mm -hmm. and things. No wonder if we're guided by a partial Bible that we would seem to have difficulties with appreciating and celebrating women as they should be. That's right. I agree with that fully. Thank you for pointing that out. My pleasure. Literally, my pleasure. Uh, Sometimes there's two choices given in the gospel. And so I'm going to read because the first selection is from Luke chapter one, St. Luke's gospel chapter one, which which we've read. And so I'm going to skip down to the alternate reading, which is also from Luke uh, chapter one. This is verses 39 through 47. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah. This is after Gabriel's revelation to her and the Holy Spirit overcomes her. Yes, the Annunciation. Yeah, the Annunciation. Uh, She heads out to a town of Judah where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. 
When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. If, it's a big if, if you're familiar with Scripture, really deeply familiar, not just passingly familiar, not just I memorized a handful of verses to get a badge for whatever little kids club I was in as I grew up. Right. But no, actually familiar with context and, and things through Scripture. And I wasn't until we began our conversion process. This is, again, talking about typology that exists and repeated things that occur throughout covenant and on and on. This is like almost a verbatim reoccurrence of when King David, centuries before, had found the Ark of the Covenant that contained the mm -hmm. law and the staff of Moses, the symbol of authority, and the manna yep. that was the bread of life. Yep. He had found it, and he was overjoyed and leapt and danced and all of that. And mm -hmm. so here we have mm -hmm. the Ark of the New Covenant, yep. our Blessed Mother, who contained within her the law yep. of the New Covenant, which okay. was Jesus, and the authority, which was him, and the manna, mm. which is the Eucharist, the bread. It was, this is such a significant yep. passage. So many things that a, a Jewish person would have recognized and understood and been really confronted with that I think we breeze over in modern day because... I think more often than not, we're just like, wow, the Jews screwed up. They killed Jesus. And we, we say horrible things, and we don't really take the time to realize that literally the only mistake that the Jews had made was not accepting the Christ that had been prophesied. Some of them didn't see it. Exactly. And and truly, the the weaving together, if... As a Protestant, if you feel squirmy about or comfortable, uncomfortable about Mary, if you look at the Jewish roots mm -hmm. of who Mary is, so many things come together to make sense in a way that's pretty awesome. It's inexplicable in any fashion other than just like, yep, that, that's the thing. Yes. So, no offense to anybody. No offense. We, no offense to anybody. No, of course. It's not an offense. It's like, it's just like, there's so much there. Yeah. We spent the whole first year or two of being Catholic like, oh my gosh, this has been here the whole time right. and I didn't even know it. Which was the same ways that the, the Jewish crowds at Pentecost yeah. that converted would have felt as they heard the message. It was like, oh man. So much deeper and different yes. than, than how, if we, ignorant of Jewish culture today, would look at it and just be like, oh, well, it looks like a lot of people yep. decided to change our minds. It is a really, really movement, a really significant deal. Yep. Okay. That's that. That's that. That's adventing. Mm -hmm. Let's whirl, watch, read, listen, lifestyle, and then we'll, we'll finish with a, a bad Christmas present story. For watching, feel free to 
make fun of me because we attempted D.B. Cooper last night. The first night you fell asleep last night, I mean, yeah. I was out. Last night, I literally, we barely made it past credits and you were like, I remember this. It's you true. were out. I won't deny it. That really happened. It's okay. We'll, we'll continue to pursue it. Um, if you're looking for something to read, the best, bestest of best recommendations yeah. that can be given is go listen to yesterday's main show of Sorta Awesome, where you detail, is it 15? 14. 14. Just shy of 15 yeah. by one, yeah. as math works. 14 books. Yes, I had an amazing guest on. She's an awesome, she's a, a recently published author of a middle grade novel. Uh, it's called The Best Books You Might Have Missed in 2020. Because listen, not all of us are up on our reading. Yeah. Katie Proctor is the awesome I got to talk to. She brought 14 amazing book recommendations. This is probably, look, I've made over 50 shows in the past year for Sort of Awesome. This is probably one of my favorites of the year because Katie's awesome. And she brought some fantastic recommendations. And that's really the heart of Sort of Awesome. It's just like, let's let's tell each other what's good in life. Here's a pro tip okay. out there for you pros who would like a tip. Yeah. Or for you non-pros who would like a tip from a pro. Okay. If Meg says that she loved making an episode, mm -hmm. odds are that's going to be one of the most enjoyable episodes to listen to. Thank you. That's just kind of how things work out. That's pretty great. Pretty great. So there's that. What in the world would you not me listen to? You should listen to Won't it. Won't do it. Taylor Swift dropped that album. We mentioned it yesterday. It's out in the world now. It's called Evermore, and it is fantastic. This is the year 2020. Who knew it? This is the year I became a Swifty. A Swifty? Yeah. Wow. She's, she's is that, really Is it a Swifty or a Swiftalick? Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. That one's, uh, it doesn't flow quite as well. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to debate that later. I need to think about that for a minute. For lifestyle, I have a story. It's called Trust Yourself. Trust Your Gut. Okay. If, if you're going to learn to love yourself and accept yourself, that means you got to start listening to yourself a little bit. Okay. And it doesn't mean that doing so is going to make things go perfectly as you would perceive it, yeah. but it means perhaps there is a, a divine voice trying to guide you down a path because there's a big thing that needs to be accomplished. Mm, okay. We have, from the ice storm, but even pre-existing that, we have a remainder tree that is a problem. Mm -hmm. It sits on the property line. It's a little bit invasive to neighbors and stuff. So you, and this is me telling it from my perspective of watching you. Okay. Because you're slow to trust yourself sometimes. Definitely, yes. You had gone out to look up a few different places, try to find somebody to come take care of this tree for us. And yes. you found one on the list through reviews and different reasons and things, ultimately yourself that said, I think it's this one. Yes. Call them. It wasn't the smoothest of things getting them here, but they showed up today. One, for that tree and for basically everything else that needs to be handled on our property to get it to perfection, mm -hmm. the price quoted for everything was a fraction of the cost of what we'd been led to believe that the single tree would require. Right. And so that was pretty significant. Yes. Um, but then in conversation with this guy, 
he's he's got some stuff that he's fighting through in his personal life that is not negatively impacting his personal life. Just through good conversation with a good human found out he's dealing with some stuff mm -hmm. and that this job is a blessing to him. Yeah. And so despite some of the things that occurred in just trying to get him here and get a quote, which wasn't unreasonable. It just, we didn't understand at the time. Yeah. You were to the point of almost giving up on trusting your initial inclination and pursuing someone else. Yeah. But thankfully you persisted. He showed up and I, I just am overwhelmed by all of the ways that this improves both of us. Yes, I agree. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. So Trust your that. gut. It's, it can be hard if you're not used to it. Trust you. Trust you. Trust you. Yes. Unless you know for a fact that you're a, a bad actor. <laughs> trust yourself. Okay. Yeah. One other note for Catholics, for good Catholics. And if you're not a good Catholic, but you're a Catholic, why aren't you a good Catholic? Here's your chance. And if you're not a Catholic yet, we won't shame you too badly, but come be a Catholic. We'd love to have um, you. If you would like, yes. good Catholics would know what this means. We're not going to go into the full description of it. If you would like the opportunity at a plenary indulgence, mm -hmm. and you should like that, yes. go to vaticannews.va. Yes. Look up, if it didn't, if it isn't visible immediately, look up Guadalupe. Yeah. That's for today. Yeah. St. Francis has instituted what? Pope Francis. Pope Francis. I'm sorry. I was like, wait. We, we attend a church. That I know. Saint I was Francis. like, wait, did we do a special thing And so I, I get mixed up. Yeah. No, no. Pope Francis. Yes. Not a saint. Who knows? He could be someday. Uh, not yet, though. Um, Pope Francis, rather, I'm sorry, has made this offering, this opportunity at a plenary indulgence around the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And you're not even required to leave your home to get this done. That's so right. it's worth checking into. Yes, it is. I think we're going to do this. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, tell us a bad Christmas. Bad Christmas story to wrap it up. My grand... This is not our story. No, it's no, no. None of these story. are ours. My grandma got me a gift card to a lingerie store. Well, the gift was awesome. Mm -hmm. That's It's not an actual bad present. It's the story around it okay. that is bad. She made my teenage brother go into the store to buy this, the lingerie store to buy this gift card. That's awkward. As he tells it, the conversation in the store went something like this. The cashier inquired, oh, are you shopping for your girlfriend? Very uncomfortable, uncomfortable to be in there and awkward. He's like, no, it's for my sister. I, it's for my grandma. And then the awkward <laughs> silence took over. <laughs> for my grandma. Good. Delightful. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Keep that in your back pocket yep. for the next time you feel a little awkward. Or if somebody, some overly friendly cashier is trying to chat you up. Yeah. Throw out the awkward. That's right. Okay, then. Well, that's everything. I truly, legitimately, passionately oh, hope okay. that you have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. If you are rich and you choose to be mean, you should still pay your taxes. Just pay them already.
Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.